0: Welcome to the HitchedMag.com podcast. So hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com, and I'm again joined with Dr. Trina Reed. Hi, Trina. Hi, Steve. So this week we are talking about getting in the mood. Um, This... It's actually a subject i'm bringing up based on a submission from one of our readers and it was basically one our reader had this problem where they worked opposite schedules and we'll kind of get into your answers on that one um, but i just wanted to let people know that if they do have questions we do listen and we do uh... try to get them answered as best as possible um, so for getting in the mood um, I, my first question for you trina is when you both work and you're both beat at the end of the day, how can you possibly get the libido going?
1: Well, you know, Steve, this is a, a brilliant question on so many levels. Uh, I, you know, when I first started doing this, I had, and I still have, couples coming to me saying, you know, I or my wife never seems to be interested in sex. Her libido uh, is never. It, she doesn't have a libido. And I, you know, when they would explain they've got a career and they've got kids, and I thought, well, of course you don't feel like having sex. But it occurred to me uh, sometime later uh, that pop culture mashes these three ideas of sexual arousal, sexual desire, and libido into one, and couples... Don't know the difference between the three, so what I'd like to do, Steve, is just give a really brief understanding of the three because when you when you say that um you know the, how can you get your libido going um, it's not the libido that you need to get going okay so the, so libido is in fact the hormones that make up your what what propels you to have sex, so especially for women uh, at, at least once a month. The way her hormones are set up is she 's going to want sex while she 's ovulating, so she's predisposed to want sex at least once a month. Men are on the other hand uh, have ten times the amount of testosterone that women have, and so uh, they are biologically predisposed to want to ejaculate twenty four to four every twenty four to forty eight hours that way they can spread their seed and have lots of kids and all that good stuff mm-hmm. so wh- what happens though with hormones they're very very delicate things so if you know if you're an average person walking out the door and experiencing the average, average day-to-day stress chances are it's going to just completely uh, throw your your hormones your libido Audience behind, so you, you cannot count on libido. So a lot of couples, when they first get together with their partner, uh, you, you, uh, your hypothalamus, which is uh, in the primary part of your brain, uh, it sends your hormones into overdrive and it you know it it propels you to want to have sex so you've got a libido that's jacked up and good to go for two years and then you know and then it leaves you and couples are always they just don't know, they just say, well, what happened to that? So they they sit and, you know, they sit on the couch waiting for that magical time for their libido to go, hey, it's time to have sex. But if, if couples are on medication, if they're experiencing, you know, things in their life that are, you know, upheavals, anything can just quash your libido. So you cannot count on your libido. Instead, you have to count on your sexual desire and your sexual arousal. Now, the sexual arousal are the signs on your body to say that you are uh, aroused. Now, how can you tell when a, when a guy is aroused, Steve? Hmm?
0: Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, okay. So we got <laughs> that. So it's pretty, it's pretty easy to tell yeah, when a guy is aroused. Easy. Uh, however women's arousal signs are a lot more subtle and and the problem becomes a lot of women don't even know uh, what's when she is properly aroused and when a woman walks into the bedroom and she's in a pretty good frame of mind so she hasn't doesn't have a, a thousand things going on in her head so she is coming into the sex wanting to have that sex it will take her about fifteen minutes to become properly aroused guess how long the average sex lasts for a couple
0: uh... probably less than ten right <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah the digital clock on the side of the bed <laughs> is the man's biggest <laughs> yeah yeah they're just a bad bad thing but yeah the average couples sex lasts ten to fifteen minutes so a lot of women uh... aren't even getting fully aroused during sex and and the misconception is that when she has an orgasm she is aroused well that a women a woman can experience and have multiple orgasms without her body being completely aroused so a part of the problem with women not wanting sex as much as they possibly could is that she's not reaching arousal state and it's not uh, as exciting her body isn't excited and not into the sex, even though she's had an orgasm Now, sexual desire are the thoughts that go on in your head around wanting sex and the number one reason Couples stop having sex in North America is a lack of sexual desire it's a lack of wanna, so when you look at when your question here uh it's not libido. I would say you know you said you know you both work and and at the end of the day you're both tired. How could you possibly get your libido going? what's actually happening here is there's a lack of sexual desire there's a lack of sexual wanna, so when you take a look at. Fixing this situation, what you have to look at is what are your thoughts going into sex. Are you during the day? Are you, are you looking forward to the sex? Are you? Is it just has sex become compartmentalized? Where you know you've got your job, you're doing your commute, you come home, you feed the kids, and and all of a sudden it's time for bed, and now you have to do the sex. Like if if, if your sex has come compartmentalized, mm-hmm. then there's no build up, no uh, wanting to have the sex, and that's why a lot of couples. When they get into the bedroom, they really haven't thought about it, and and for a lot of women, if they have thought about it, it's been in terms of, oh shoot, has it been a week? Has yeah. it been two? Oh man, I feel guilty. I feel frustrated. So I better have sex to not feel this frustration and, and guilt anymore. And, it, and you know, it makes sense if, uh, you know the you know you, you spend a week, procrastinating and feeling guilty about not having sex. If that is your foreplay. Of course, you don't want to have the sex, so you it's it's a it's a big lack of sexual desire.
0: so um, that makes perfect sense that yeah um, and that's probably why, and and maybe this will segue into the next question I have for you, but um, I've read things about you know leaving subtle hands, and I think you've even written about it leaving subtle hands throughout the day sort of thing to to break that compartmentalization of it.
1: Yeah, well, see, and you know, we we don't want to point fingers at men, but men more so than women have an on-off switch, so they can walk into the bedroom on-off, and women, uh, they don't have that. So you know, women, and especially for women, they have their in their brain, they have an their amygdala. Um, if they haven't troubleshooted all the things that they have on their to-do list, it's their amygdala does not allow them to become fully sexually aroused.
0: Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, so for a couple working opposite schedules, uh, what kind of tips would you offer them?
1: Well, you know, hopefully if they are working opposite schedules, they have at least one or two days off together Um, and, you know, so I'm going to assume that's the case that they have at least one day, maybe a Saturday off. That they're together, Um, and I'm going to bring up something that every couple doesn't want to hear about. But when you're in this circumstance, you have to schedule sex. You have to say, you know what? We have Saturday off together, so sometime during Saturday, we are going to make this happen. And how? And you know, people say, well, you know what, Trina, I am scheduled up the wazoo. I don't want to. Uh, you know, I've I've got you know my my schedule with the kids and like I'm doing this at work and I, like I just don't want to have to have one more thing. And the thing is, if you are trying to wait for that magical time when libido is going to hit you and you know you're just going to look at each other in the eye and rush to the bedroom, it ain't going to happen. Especially if you are on a really tight schedule where you're on opposite ends uh, working. You have to say, what can we do on Saturday that would be fun for us? Remember, sexual desire, fun for us. So perhaps, uh, you know, you, you take turns planning something out for your partner. And as you said, Steve, leaving little hints for them to say, you know, during the week to say, I can't wait till Saturday when I'm going to do this to you. So, you know, and, if, you know, if you're going to have sex once a week, and you know, it's just taking turns where, you know, so it's not you having to come up with something every week, it's every couple weeks, which really isn't that arduous. And if it is, there are so many books at the bookstore that give you ideas on how to make sex fun. And, you know, Laura Korn, for example, has 101 Nights of Romance, 101 Nights of Great Sex. I mean, just those two books alone, that's 202 uh, (laughs) ideas that you can have for you and your partner to to make that one day that you have together fun so that you're so the next so you raise your sexual desire so you're always anticipating and looking forward to sex
0: yeah that'll put you in all the way through august if you do it every day <laughs> just if you did it once a week you got a couple years in the bag i know <laughs>
1: that's the brilliant part about this and and, and just one example of uh, ideas that you can get in the bookstore
0: yeah uh and uh now, taking that one step further, now a lot I know a lot of our readers have kids um, you know, does this also apply if you have kids and you know the other part of that is okay, we might schedule it for Saturday, but after the soccer game and the recital and all these de- different things we're again, we're just too exhausted and tired to do it um, What is your advice for those who have kids?
1: Well, I would say first of all that the most important thing, is to have one-on-one time together so if you're scheduling time the most important thing is to talk to each other to have a glass of wine and and you know just spend that time not talking about the kids not talking about work just talking for each other and if you have sex great and if you don't have sex great the point is you need the one-on-one time now when you have kids um, a lot of people Freud, way, way back when, he came up with a lot of ideas. Some of them were great and some of them weren't so great. But one of the things that he came up with is if your kids know you're having sex, it's going to uh, jade them for the rest of their life. And he had no like um, scientific proof about it when in fact kids knowing that you are you know affectionate with your partner sets a really good example sets a good role model for those kids so parents um... if you know they think their kids are awake or they you know the kids are you know they're gonna knock on the door and find out mommy and daddy are having sex it just completely stops them in their tracks um... a friend of mine she has what she calls a nine one one night now she has five kids, five kids they're all walking around now, so they're all pretty you know they're all they're all walking around human beings uh-huh. but they're once a week her and her husband they get videos and pizza for the kids and they get a bottle of wine and a video for themselves. They go into their bedroom, and the instructions are to the kids uh the only way that you can knock on this door is if it is a nine one one emergency if there's a fire if there's a flood, if one of the children has uh, has an appendage hanging off of them. You can knock on the door but otherwise you leave us alone and and I brought this up with parents and like and they say oh, but the kids will know we're having sex. Yes and it's okay it's not going to hurt the child it, it, in fact it's going to help the child know that mommy and daddy have this really great strong relationship and and they're doing something that's going to keep their relationship even stronger. And that's not just because I'm some uh, free-thinking sex expert either. There's a lot of research to say that that's in fact true.
0: Okay, I, I think that's great advice. Um, I, what I'm going to do, Trina, we're running a little long than we usually do with our podcast, so I'm going to cut it off now, sure. and uh, we'll follow up um, in the next episode with the rest of this topic because it is a very uh, a good discussion we got going here. So um, for everybody else, um, I. You can get more information from Dr. Trina Reed at bestsextipsever.com, and you can read her columns at hitchmag.com. And so stay tuned for the next episode, everybody. See you next time. Hitched entertains, educates, and inspires married couples.